Welcome to the Mission Matters podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old-plus mission that is St. Louis U, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. Welcome back. I am Virginia Herbers from the Mission Office, and I am thrilled to have today Sid Cardoz, who is from Ask SLU, the ITS department. He, his title is the Director of IT End User Services. So anyone listening to this podcast has used these services, <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to having our conversation here today, Sid, because um, I think the work you do is kind of hidden in plain sight, first of all, but also very, very important to the work of the mission. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Virginia. I'm, uh, I'm excited and honored to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So we always start off, just talk a little bit about yourself, whatever you'd like to share with us. Cool. So I have a kind of like a long history here. So I came in here as I'm actually a naturalized citizen. I actually studied at Southeast Missouri State University, did my graphic design major there. And, you know, I came in here like many international students, like our global grad students, though I didn't come here on a graduate program. I came here on an undergrad program and I did my four years here. I met my wife in college got married, moved to Chicago, and worked at a law firm in IT just because the graphic design market at the time was so challenging to get a job. It was very competitive. And so the best thing I could do was get something in IT, which I loved working with computers. Uh, It's funny, I always tell this story to some of of the international students that come here. I came in here with two big suitcases. And Uh one of the suitcases actually had my computer in the middle of it. And so (laughs) that is my story when I came here. Wow. And then I moved back to St. Louis because my wife's family is from there. So we moved closer just to be closer to family. Uh, and then I got a job at the Federal Reserve of St. Louis. I worked there for about five years. And then I left that for a contract opportunity at SLU. I became a full-time employee in August of 2019. And I've been working here since. Love the mission. Love the people. You know, I'm very religious at heart. And, you know, for me, just to just to know that I can work in that capacity to serve others and the community, I think for me is a blessing because I've I've worked in many organizations that are very corporate America and you don't get that feeling of being able to help them in sort of a religious aspect. So that's what I love about being here. So I'm not sure it's possible to talk about a regular day in the life of your work, but uh, tell us a little bit about the wide scope of things that uh, you manage or that the entire department manages. Absolutely. I'll go into a little bit of what my team does, uh, and then I'll kind of spread out into the rest of the teams. So I'm responsible for the help desk. So that is the folks that you call in every day if you have a problem with your computer, they are the ones, they're the help desk, they're at wool here. And so they take all those calls. If they cannot help with the issue, uh, they cannot resolve them, then we have also our desktop team. So they are the folks that are boots on the ground. You probably see them walking around campus with their Ask Slew shirts. Uh, those are sort of our, our tier two, second level team that helps out with any computer issues that folks have around the campus. Yep. Then we have our engineering team, which also reports up to me. Uh, the engineering team is responsible for managing our operating system. So think about Windows, you know, your Mac and your Mac operating systems, those kinds of devices. They they manage those. We also have our asset management team. So we started this program probably about July this year where uh, anytime you want to order a computer, you have to go through IT. There is yeah. 
The, the idea is to centralize the purchasing process. So we have standardization across the university. It makes it easier for us to manage and we save resources and money in doing so. The other side of the house is also we have AV projects, so all our classrooms, our conference rooms. Every year we go through a process in which we decide which uh, buildings and which classrooms and which conference rooms are going to get updated to have newer projectors, newer cameras, newer computers. And we do that on an annual basis and we kind of determine that and work with our vendor partners to get those done. Now that all falls within my scope. Uh, and then there are several other things that fall under the scope of my, like my leader. So Tim Murphy is my boss. And so he has the ATC. So everything you see in the ac academic technology commons in the Pius library, uh, the um, recording studio that they are building, the innovation studio that's there, the printing functions that are there, the poster printing functions that are there, 3D printers, all that falls under his scope of work as well. So we sort of manage all of those end user touching capabilities across the university. Amazing. <laughs> and wow. then outside of that, we have our tier three team. So these are like our infrastructure team. Um, they, they have security that keep us safe, you know, email phishing. I'm sure you see the um, phishing campaigns going around and uh, the $50 gift cards that they give out. So definitely something to keep there. Our telecom team that deals with Shortal and uh, wire phones across the university, server and storage, uh, you know, where people save their data, so their T drive and their U drive. Uh, we also have project services that, that is run by our project office, and they have done some great things in the university. Uh, the Sim Lab at School of Nursing, we just got that upgraded. The Wi-Fi security enhancements that we're doing, uh, Slate, many, many things that you know we do across the university. And then finally, I'd, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't if I didn't mention them, but we also employ a lot of student workers and global uh -huh. grads. Uh, we do a lot with them to help us supplement some of the workforce that we have. Uh, it's a great learning opportunity for them. It's a great opportunity for them to get some experiences and sort of the working as a uh, individual and con contributing to society. And so yeah. it's great. We we enjoy doing that. And we always put a plug in whenever we do SLU 101. We'll always say, if your student's looking for a job in IT, let us know. We're more than happy to see what's available. So, so that sounds like an enormous team. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of moving hands and moving parts, and I think we work really well together as, you know, I have five or six peer directors, and uh, we're such a great team. Anytime something happens, uh, I always tell everybody, do not, you do not need to know who to go to to get something done. You reach out to one of the directors, and we'll just tap each other on the shoulder and be like, hey, is this something your team deals with? Or do we need to get a couple of directors in the room to understand how do we solve the problem for the, yeah. for the customer, right? So at the end of the day, either one of us can, can help and get the, get the gears moving in the direction that we need to. Wow. I know that for most, most folks listening, your work is invisible until there's a need. So we have our really end user facing teams, right? So my, everything under Tim's organization, our end user services organization is very customer focused. And I feel like us having to be very visible helps. Now our, our, our infrastructure teams, like our security teams, our telecom team, our server and storage, they, you know, they provide services that help us, right? So for, for them to be behind uh, a wheel, it's okay. But for us, we like to be in the forefront just because our roles are such user facing just for me to know who this person is like Virginia if I had to meet you on the road and I'd be like oh hey Virginia versus you know I know I've spoken with Virginia before I just 
don't know what she looks like. Uh, right. And we like to make those connections with our customers because it's so easy to get work done when you know each other, when you can develop a relationship with them. Part of our onboarding um, for our service desk uh, employees is to actually go out into the field for the first couple of weeks and get to know your customers. Don't We don't need you learning, training. What we need you to do is know who your customer is because the only way you will be able to serve them is by knowing who they are and what they do. Oh, man. And so they spend several time, several days on the north side of campus, several days on the south side of campus, maybe a day or two on the law campus. But them understanding that helps us really build that culture we want to build within within our community. Right. Right. Yeah. When when people need ask SLU, mm-hmm. I'm imagining there are certain buckets that things fall into. But has there been any real outlier there? I don't think there's been any outlier. I mean, you know, in, in technology, there's no such thing as a weird question. You know, we always know how things should run, and there's always going to be the one person that says, "Hey, I've had this odd thing happening to me," and I'm like, "It is odd, but." I wouldn't put it past you, right? Or I wouldn't put it past the computer to do that. It's kind of like a car. It's like you expect it to work every day, but then the one day it doesn't, you're like, that's odd. It doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you take it to the shop and they're like, hmm, I don't know why it makes that noise. And then they're like, oh, here's the problem. This is why it makes that noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't really have an, you know, really odd question. We have a lot of challenging ones, which mm-hmm. uh, we enjoy. Gets us to think a little bit more about how do we solve these problems. Uh, keeps us innovative, keeps us working with our partners and trying to come up with solutions. So I, I always take that as a challenge for me, at least when I was, even when I started my career, a lot of folks would stay away from the really odd, difficult ones, people being people or being challenges on um, IT challenges. And I was always there front line trying to understand, hey, why is this? And how do we solve this? Uh, because it helped me grow as an individual. And it's the same example I give to my team is like, don't shy away from something you don't know because it's an opportunity to learn and grow. So, yeah. I love that word innovation <laughs> because particularly in the tech world, things are changing so quickly and rapidly and across so many different platforms. I imagine trying to keep up with what's the latest really does require a large community and collaboration. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So I have to ask the mission question. Sure. So this is the Mission Matters podcast. So how do you understand the work that you and your team do as fitting into the mission? Because clearly it does. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, you know, I, I was just thinking about this yesterday while while I was home and kind of preparing some things in my mind. It, 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 I'd like to say it's like a loaded question, right? There is, there is a lot in there. The If you try to break down the mission itself, I think each word in there is a unit of its own. So I'd like to, I'll break it down into several different things that we do, right? Great. Firstly, in IT, uh, it's, it's faculty and staff, just giving faculty and staff the things they need to be successful. I always tell faculty this, you are, you are an instructor, you are a teacher, you are a professor. We want you to teach. We don't want you to do IT. We want you to teach and we want to make you capable and we want to enable you to do what you do best while IT does what we do best. So, Providing, providing faculty and staff with information, online databases, research softwares, academic publishing platforms, uh, you know, everything in, in the contribution to pursuing the truth, which is key, right? Knowledge is power at the end of the day. I, I myself administer several tools that do this, like ArcGIS, SAS, SPSS, Atlas TI. All these data producing tools is just greatly valuable to our community and helps us 
do part of the role that we need to do as in the, in the mission that we have to do. Secondly, providing our you know avenues to teach our students, right? Uh, online web courses, Canvas comes to mind, something that we use, teaching capabilities like Zoom, Teams, collaboration tools as well. Um, these kinds of opportunities really help us connect with a broader audience, whether they are here or they are remote, really helping us you know, fulfill that act of service and commitment. Uh, so that's also another thing that we try to do as much as we can in, our, in, in, in the IT space. Let's see, let me think about the other ones, right? So oh, a media platform to promote, uh, you're really promoting social justice, right? So we're working right now with uh, the law school. We are upgrading their courtroom that they have there. And we've spent several hours going into the city court uh, over here in St. Louis to see how they build that, uh, working with our vendors to see how do, we, how do we provide this sort of same avenue into the sort of educational environment, right? We want them to feel like they are sitting in a real courtroom. Uh, not oh. that we don't have one today, but just upgrading it to feel more like it. Right. Uh, and so we've been, we've been doing some of those things across the university to try and see how do we make the teaching for our students even better? What else? Um, you know, information technology can also enhance accessibility for individuals with disabilities. So we do many things that I have a team, for example, that looks all the documentation that we have and how is it ADA compliant to our, our folks who need to be able to access that information online. Because back in the day when we were creating documentation, we just created a whole bunch of pictures that shows you how to do things. And yeah. we've, huh. we've rethought that and we said, well, what happens to someone who is medically blind? How do they right. see this, right? And so we're always thinking about those folks as to how do we also bring them into it and make, make them feel included versus excluded? Because it's easy to feel excluded from those kinds of things. Let's see. Uh, oh, the other one, which is great, was um, bringing experts from various fields, right, to address complex societal challenges, contributing to the greater glory of God. Uh, one of the things that really brought to my aspect here was the PACE program. I'm not sure how many folks actually know about the PACE program. I had the opportunity to actually go there uh, last week and see what they do, the teaching that they do to students uh, and uh, the, the community, the outreach that they do. And even our medical college in which students actually come there and actually train before they go into hospitals. Uh, it's amazing the things they do. They have 3D cameras in there. I, I didn't even know they had any of this. I was told that back in the day, that building used to be the state of the art technology when it came to anatomical dissections and teaching. It was yeah. it was number one in the in the United States. Again, wow. that was 20, 30 years ago. And so I just met with them as to how do we bring that technology up to speed again. And so we met with a few folks. It was great to to do that, to learn a little bit more. But again, the work that we do to help them be able to provide this training to students, you know, young and small and, you know, train them in the right path. And hopefully they become slew uh, billikins at some point of time in the future. Uh, I think we have a great piece of work to do there with all our students. Talking about innovation earlier, uh, we, we try to be creative with the things that we try to do. Uh, I mentioned earlier, we're creating a recording studio down mm -hmm. in the ATC in the bottom level. Or I think they call it the garden level. Uh, we're creating a brand new recording studio. Students can go in there. They can uh, record music. They can, if they have a band, they can go in there and record a music professionally, do some acting professionally. There's a lot of things they could do in that space when it's completed. Uh, and I'm just excited for it. And, you know, I get to work with some of these individuals and the team that's putting it together and 
it's just an exciting time for us to be able to do that as a whole, right? And even though I may say that it's just me, uh, I feel there's several other groups that are involved. Our security team is involved for making sure it's safe. Our project team is involved for making sure we have the right people. Our telecom team is involved for making sure we have all our internet and everything everywhere. So just having all these teams work together, I just feel blessed to be able to work with them that can provide and be able to fulfill the university's mission. Let me ask you about that specific edition of the recording studio. Was that something that came from student desire or was that an innovative idea that came out of your team? It was a student's idea. They wanted something like that. We have smaller recording studios where you can do self-recordings, but some of them actually wanted a full-on studio, something like okay. you would see in the movies. It has it has a glass pane that looks into a room and folks can be back there playing music and, you know, several cameras and several microphones. And it, it, was, it was just amazing what when, when they put it together, I was just like, wow, this is this is next level. I, you know, I yep. usually don't see this in a university, but for us to be able to promote that and give our students the opportunity to grow within the spaces they want to grow, uh, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to start using some of the mission language here to describe sure. everything you've just laid out in front of us. To start with that last piece, the listening that you had to do to the student idea and student dream and then respond to that, right? So that's listening and discernment and then action. So there's a whole series of Ignatian things going on just in that one little initiative. You know, as as you were talking about all the different branches of the IT department, all I kept thinking is how other-centered you all are you know, working so hard to make classrooms and professors and students being able to do exactly what they need to do. So that other centeredness when it comes to equity and inclusivity as well, that is what we are all about. When we talk about pure personalis, you know, it's really easy to have that become a buzzword. But what you're describing is what that looks like lived out. And I love that you use the phrase all to the greater glory, right? That's not one of the more common phrases of the mission, but certainly that makes Ignatius smile from whatever position he's in right now. Um, and for the rest of us who are benefiting from all the work that you and your team do, recognizing that it's it's a gift and that is invaluable. You know, one of the things I will I will also add is um, this was instituted more in the last couple of years. Our CIO and uh, my AVP. Uh, we're always like when, when when classes start, right? So the first few weeks of classes starting, uh, you'll find a lot of us out in the field, like even like me, my leaders, my peers, uh, they go out into the field and just be available to students, yeah. faculty, staff. We'll just walk into rooms and be like, everything's okay. Technology working all good. Anything yeah. I can do to help? And we'll walk away. And no one says anything other than that. It's working great. And they want to get on teaching. And I'm like, Perfect. That's that's great. But we get a lot that doesn't come to us, right? We have folks that will reach out directly to our CIO and say, hey, the team did a great job being out there, making yeah. sure to check on faculty, staff, so that they have what they have during the time of teaching. Because the first two weeks, we all know, it's always things work or they don't work. We do a right. lot to prep, but prep only goes so far. And then we have to make sure that we're always there for our community. So there's a lot that happens with our folks just being out there, being visible. Again, as you said, caring for the individual, right? I mean, yeah. it's easy for us to sit in our offices and be like, I'm just going to sit here and do my work. But all the leaders get out there and try to help and make sure we make sure our students and faculty and staff have everything they need. 
And that visibility, just your Ask Slew merch (laughs) really does make a difference. Yeah, yeah. I know our our listeners can't see it, but I can see that shirt you're wearing. I love it. But it does make a difference. The visibility of knowing help help is on the way and help is available. Okay. So one last question. What would you like our listeners to know that maybe you think they don't know? So I have a couple of things that, uh, you know, again, some of this is some of them probably know, again, I don't know how this, this probably gets to the wider community as they listen. Uh, you know, for us, a big focus this year has always been security. Um, you know, we, with the latest uh, news that came out about how we had a data breach. So for us, security is a big thing that we've been working on lately. So you'll see all these phishing campaigns. I tell folks, it's important that you you recognize it. And, you know, at, even if you don't recognize it, at the end of the day, going and clicking that fish me button so that we know that you, you've you got it. Yeah. Um, you know, when classes start, you'll see us up and around. You see us with our shirts, hail us down. Um, I always remember this. We, me and my, me and my boss were actually walking down the street uh, and we usually expect when people stop us, it's a question that yeah. how do I get here or how do I, how, you know, I have a problem with my technology. Yep. And they they stopped us and they said, are you guys with IT? And we were like, yes. And they're like, I just wanted to say thank you. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, you're welcome. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, we don't get that a lot. And so to get that to IT, I think was uh, we always give that as an example to to the folks, new folks that come in, is that what we do, no matter how big or small, is always an impact to somebody. And so yes. we, try, we try to make sure we keep that. Salu Service Desk, as you know, has been in-house. I know a lot of folks, uh, we used to use Blackboard as a service provider for the service desk, and mm-hmm. we brought that in-house two years ago. And so, uh, you know, I hope that folks understand uh, and, you know, know, recognize that we've brought that in because for us, it's quality over quantity. I could put somebody in here that can take 100 calls a day and not be able to resolve any of them. But for us, it was quality over quantity. Thirdly, fourthly, I guess, is our asset management program. I've been trying to push that out in case folks haven't heard about it. It's where we're centralizing our, our asset procurement process. We always say it's like the plane has taken off but we're sort of building a few things as we're in flight, right? So we, we appreciate the feedback, any and all feedback. We, any feedback given to us is, is good criticism that we need to work on or follow through. So we appreciate yeah. any feedback that people give us. Um, audio video technologies, anytime anybody wants one, there is an intake for it, an intake process. We've, uh, we've made some changes to how we intake projects today with our audio, video, and our regular project. So we have intake forms through our ticketing system. Anybody, If anybody has any questions about that, they can reach out to me. I'm more than happy to give them more information about that. Great. So those are a few things I wanted the community to know. I know some, some of them may already know about it. It's just my shameless plug, as I'd like to say, for oh, something yeah. that is, always, is already out there. Of course. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to amplify the message that saying thank you to your team it really makes a difference. Yeah. Like everybody reaches out to you. Sometimes it's when we're in crisis. Sometimes it's when we're in need. Sometimes it's when, you know, we, we see a problem. But I think that message of, you know, reaching out to say thank you. I don't need you. Things are going great. Yeah. That really does matter. And I yeah. love we can at least do that in a small way, just with this little conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, and we can cut this part out. I speak at my church. I, I give sermonettes at my church. And it's funny, I, I just gave one this on Saturday. Uh, it was about Thanksgiving. You know, we're coming ah. towards the Thanksgiving time and, you know, just being thankful for but things that you can and cannot see. 
I put mine in the context of being thankful for things that you're not going to see, right? Being thankful before a situation, being thankful during a situation and being thankful after a situation. And we just got to be thankful for all those things. It doesn't matter where it falls in sort of the the, the gamut, but just being thankful. So well, we're going to keep that. I honestly, I think that's a great place to kind of wrap this up. Gratitude is always a good place to start and end. Yep. So I want to thank you, Sid, for the time you've given this morning. Really grateful for that. But also please extend the thank you from, especially from the mission office to your whole team. Uh, we are grateful for you. I know I speak for the entire SLU community when I say we are grateful for the work you do that, that we know about and especially what we don't know about. So thank you for that. And thanks for being with us today. And for all of you listening, thank you for joining us. And please continue to tune in to Mission Matters, where we highlight the good work being done here in the SLU community, adding to the 500-plus year legacy of Jesuit education. Until next time, let's join together as a community, walking a pilgrim's path, following in the footsteps of St. Ignatius in our shared mission. You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU and you can encounter it randomly. But good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.